When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the old days the the monday night wars i don't know about you guys but every monday night it would be a situation where i would i would tape record usually wwf and i would watch wcw live because the wcw started at seven and WWE didn't start until 8. And then I would go back and watch it before I had to go to bed and get up for school. What's going on? So Welcome to the pod. We didn't have uh, the VCR going. My dad was just on the remote remote control. Oh, and he, he controlled it? Yep. And we'd go, flip back and forth. And I remember getting frustrated at times. I was like, why are you turning it now? <laughs> what are you doing? Val Venus is on. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my dad hated Val Venus. Well, probably because it was teaching you about sex. I don't think it was that. I think there was like that homoerotic aspect to it that people in our parents' generation yeah. did not approve of. Hold on, best part of the song. Welcome to the podcast. You recognize the voice of Scott Sipker? That's my voice. Uh, that was a, a hard kill of the NWO theme song right there. I apologize. Uh, welcome to the podcast. We are uh, presented today by our friends at the Iowa Event Center, and we're going to do a really fun topic here for the next hour or so, because WWE Raw, my dad calling me, (laughs) WWE Raw, coming to Wells Fargo Arena, Monday, December 19th, 6.30 is the start time. Um, I love going to these still. I don't really watch a ton of WWE uh, right now. I just, I, I love it, Scott, because of, of all sorts of different reasons. Uh, I still like read the dirt sheets. I always try and take my daughter to this when I can. Um, but if you, the live event, do you, do you go to these often? I, I, I Not often, but uh, I was there a couple of years back. I do remember going when um, it was at Veterans Auditorium. Oh, the old days. Yes. I remember the big boss man being there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, God rest his soul. And that was back when I was a kid and really thought it was real and got into the the arguments. I I should say not real, that it was uh, was unscripted. You know, this was really happening out there. Got into arguments about that with people all the time. Uh, But uh, 
it's really fun as a a theater guy. I almost said theater guy as a theater guy and a sports fan. It really is a nice melding of the two. It's clearly a, a soap opera and, Although I don't watch it like I did when I was a child, the nostalgia still bleeds through all these decades. In honor of that. Should everyone yell for all you've done to your bodies? It's still real to me, damn it! Just thought I'd throw that out there. Oh, Mick Foley. Really? Mick Foley kind of changed everything when he got thrown off the top of the cage. That greatest, was kind of the, what changed it all for greatest, me. Greatest match ever. Right, Hell in the Cell. Perhaps the most influential match ever, as far as where everything was going from there. Right? Yeah, and, and you can, it, and it peaked really. You can't go. You're never going to be able to do that again. I know Shane McMahon jumped off as well, but it was different. And certainly the mistakes of the Hell in the Cell, like that 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 it was he fell yeah. through when he wasn't supposed to fall yeah. through. It's a crazy story. Oh, it is. And and his tooth got knocked out. It was like going through his like lip yeah. or like oh. his nose or incredible match. Then, I still watch it and and all these years later it's just your your jaw drops. The theater of it too is the the announcing with Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. That's what makes that to me. Because and there's a really good, it's called The Book of Wrestling. Have you listened to this podcast? No. David Shoemaker with The Ringer is doing it right now. And this was just featured like a month ago. And he interviews Jim Ross about the call. And Jim Ross is talking about how he didn't know any of this was going to happen, right? Because he doesn't know, back then, he doesn't know the outcomes. He wanted to be able to react. As it happened, right? Because he thought that would be the best for his character and Mm -hmm. best for the television product. And he's like, here I am watching a close friend of mine, and I thought he was dead. And then, like, The Undertaker, when he chokeslams him and he falls through the cage, and he's not supposed to. No, not supposed to at all. And and, uh, Taker uh, talks about when he was walking up there, you could hear the the clips snapping off of... Uh, of the, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the wire that was holding them up. I mean, those are big boys too. And, uh, gosh, you, you couldn't do that anymore, especially with what we know about concussions. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Holy smokes. What a, what a, what a memorable match. So Scott and I, we're going to do some of these lifestyle type pods, uh, for our friends at the Iowa event center and hopefully build this thing up into something even larger here for the state of Iowa in the coming year. Or so, uh, the WWE Monday, the 19th tickets are on sale now. Highvtix.com. Uh, looks like Seth freaking Rollins, Iowa native. It's going to be, I think, in the main event. Now the card's subject to change, but a lot of uh, a lot of guys and and guys. I, I like the female aspect of it too. Like that wasn't back when we were watching. The females were just there for like the bra and panty match. Yeah. Now they're like a part. They're like a huge part of the show. They are. Yeah. Back when we were kids, it was uh, uh, like the things that Macho Man did to Elizabeth oh. are illegal. <laughs> I mean, that was domestic abuse. Yeah. I mean, he is throwing, literally throwing her across a room. Yeah. I'm glad to see that it, you know, that wrestling has evolved in some ways. Oh, no doubt. So what we're going to do today is Scott and I have each independently come up with a list of our five favorite professional wrestlers of all time. Here's the crazy part. 
we both grew up in the exact same era. Okay, we're not we're we're the exact same age. We each listed five different wrestlers. Like I don't even know how that's possible, but we did because I I told Scott send me your list the night before so I can get sound ready, and I had already had my list typed out. We did not match on one of them. That is very oh, improbable. Wow. Okay. Did I'm you, interested to hear. Were you a primary, like, did you favor WWF or WCW? Oh, originally, as all of us did, you know, started with WWF because it was the only kid on the block. And then when NWO happened. Me too. Certainly switched over to WCW and was rooting for, for WCW. And my brother at one point even took a black paint and went into his room and painted NWO on his blue wall. I'm not quite sure he was supposed to do that. Wow, he spray painted NWO. Oh no, he with a brush. Oh, he had a brush. He had a brush. Yeah, so it was even. It t- took more effort than Man. spray painting. I just remember like the era where you would buy, like you're 14 years old, go to the mall, and you buy a suck it T-shirt, right, and and you try and like wear it to school. And they didn't, different didn't times. Oh, yeah, <laughs> different in many ways. Many, many ways. My goodness. We all just went around crotch chopping each other. We all, still do, Chris. Uh, you're, okay, you're right. <laughs> but think about how mainstream that was. Like, you would, you would be at school, walking down the hall. Hey, Scott, suck just, it, man. Boom. Crotch chop. Nonstop. Me and my friends, we, I mean, I bet I did the suck it time on average five times a day when I was 15 years old. It, in some ways, it was a, a show of brotherly love. <laughs> Do you remember the Godfather? He was a pimp. He would bring hookers out to the ring. That was his character. Oh, now you're starting to bring up memories of, of wrestlers. I kind of now like Doink the Clown. Oh yeah, man. I, he might he might be in my. Uh, I can't. I'm not going to change my list now. But Doink the Clown and Gold Dust. Remember, Gold, Gold Dust was so... I have a friend who's still terrified, even in his late 30s. He's terrified of Gold Dust. <sighs> All right. Um, let's start with your uh, number five, because we already kind of got into that one just a little bit. And, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough one to argue. One of the most influential guys of all time. Yeah. Mick, Mick Foley is... <sighs> you know, Mankind, Cactus Jack, whatever form he came in, there's just nobody else like him. Not the most athletic wrestler of all time, but sneaky athletic, I think, for a man of his shape. But what he would do, there's, been, there's never been a more giving wrestling partner in the ring. And I think uh, all professional wrestlers who wrestled with mankind would, ass- would agree with that, that when you were out there, he would... Mick was going to give you everything he had. Let's hear an example here. This is from King of the Ring, June 28, 1998. Under way, in the most god-awful... Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. Chair shot just makes oh. you sick, makes your, your blood just... Your blood curl. Jim Ross is so good. Oh. That is a... Goosebumps on my back there. It makes the hair on my neck stand up. I like it. They're fighting on a on a steel roof 
of this cell. They use it. That's a steel chair that they oh using. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. It broke through. At this point, they almost fell through the cage already. That's a lot of weight. There's over. Now they're walking over to the side where one of the great moments in history is about to occur. They're, they're destroying the, the hell in the cell. And my God, don't get them over here where we are. What's going to happen here? Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're right above us, folks. And I don't like it a damn bit. Oh, my God. And that's one of the most iconic calls of all time. It's God is my witness. By God. They, they could have literally, they literally could have died in the like Owen oh. Hart style. If, if, oh my God. Yeah, you fall just... the wrong way. Like it, uh, in, in the, the crazy part about that match was that it goes on for like another 20 minutes. Yeah. And he, then they bring out the tax at the end. <laughs> and Mick Foley, he's knocked out. When he goes over, he's knocked out. I think he got knocked out of what two, at least twice, I think, like knocked out. Yeah. And the guy just keeps going. I mean, again, you don't want any of your kids to ever do that, but wow, you just got to give respect to him. And uh, that's why I, he's got to be on my list. And, and when I made my list, I can't believe some of the names that aren't on I my know, list. I know that was the hardest part it's for so me. It's so hard because Certainly, there are many technical wrestlers much better than than McFoley, but for me, he's inimitable. You know, there's there's only one McFoley, and there never will be another. Well, you say technical wrestlers. Let's go to my number five. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Bret Hart. Not exactly known for like being a super charismatic guy. Not great on the mic. No. But oh, the okay, character serviceable. The character was flawless. And he's him and somebody else on my list are probably the most debatable between who is the best technical wrestler of all time. Bret Hart. I mean, nobody I mean, just his ability to create a narrative in the ring with the moves, whether they pre-planned it or were just calling it on the spot. Bret Hart is probably the one that I'm most surprised is not on my list. He'd have to be six. The problem that, that Bret Hart had, too, because in the prime of his career, he goes over to WCW. Because we all know the Montreal screw job and the story beside that. And he got to WCW at the exact wrong time. Because they kind of just completely botched his character yeah. at that point. And that was basically the end of his career. Goldberg drops him on his head. Injuries from there on out. And you'd love to know what happens if Bret Hart stays in WWF. And his those injuries certainly, and he's still pissed about it. Oh, yeah. He, he still Talks hates Goldberg all the time. All the time. <laughs> he is the most crotchety wrestler there is at this point. Uh, he's, he's very opinionated cancer. and he's, you know, from the royalty of wrestling families certainly had like takes it as seriously as anybody has ever taken it. I loved the heart foundation too, because it was such a great, like Canada versus the world. And they always had that, just that perfect natural heel because they would just go into these American cities and just shit all over the United mm -hmm. States. The one of the great heel turns of all time was when Bret Hart, it was in 1997 
they were on like a European tour or something like that. He he had just beaten Stone Cold in a pay-per-view. I don't remember which one was. And he comes back and he's doing this like apology tour, like apologizing to all of his fans. And it was when he turned heel, he goes, but I will not apologize. Basically like, you filthy Americans. And that was what started the Hart Foundation versus the United States. And then DX forms and it leads us up to the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, the... the the drama of the reality of professional wrestling is sometimes more entertaining <laughs> it, than what happens in the absolutely. ring. Absolutely. That's that's what I still crave to this day. I mean, I don't know how much you watch this AEW, this new product that's out I, there. I don't. But it, it's very reminiscent to the Attitude Era in the sense that there's so much stuff that gets leaked about these guys having like real fights in the back that you want to tune in to see how much of that spills over onto the... So, it's now on uh, TNT. So, it's kind of like the old WCW, but they're doing what WWF did because it's more edgy, a lot of blood, cussing. It's more for guys our age and less for my seven-year-old daughter, <laughs> who I will likely take to Wells Fargo Arena on the 19th of December because I know that she can handle it, right? WWF doesn't really... But she's a she was a John Cena girl. Cena's kind of out the game now. So she's for she, now. Yeah, he'll he definitely coming back at some point. All right, um, let's go to number four. Scott's number four favorite wrestler. <laughs> Speaking of Bret Hart, I know I'm sexy. One of the great theme songs of all time. It absolutely. I mean, and just Shawn Michaels' character. He is really one of the great heels. You just wanted to punch him in the face. It's because he was so sexy. So sexy. Not your boy toy. And, but from a technical point of view, it's it really, I think, between him and Bret Hart, who are technically the best wrestler. I mean, Shawn Michaels is so good in the ring. It's, what an athlete. I mean, there, there is, there's such a, uh, a real, I, I'm going to use this word, it's not going to seem right, but a beauty to watching him perform the moves that he's doing out there. It's it's difficult, technically, what he pulls off. And that sweet chin music, oh. the way he's able to land that, and I, I know that's a lot of selling on, on whoever he's kicking, but the accuracy that he has, he has such precision in his wrestling that uh, you just come to appreciate it, and you're like, wow. Hands really off good. the merchandise. <laughs> and it, and I he mean, just looks, I mean, he looks, he looked the part, great, great charisma, great on the mic. DX changed everything too, because that was kind of the kind of WWF's response to the NWO, you know, and the, it's this rebellious like that was when WWF kind of decided they were going to get rid of the doink the clowns and start going. <laughs> oh, we're going to have like real guys who you might want to have a beer with walk out to the ring. And well, I think last night was the 25th anniversary of DX. You know what? You're right. I haven't watched it, but I did see some stuff on social media about that. Yeah, they so. all look a lot older. The one, yeah, two, sure three kid. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Mr. Ass, he's actually on the other one now, and he still looks really good. Oh. Badass Billy Gunn. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Shawn Michaels. He, yeah, he kind of, for me, was one of the ones that you, you, you hate to leave off the list. I, I think this is the great... 
debut, in, in my opinion, uh, other than probably when Scott Hall showed up at WCW Nitro for the first time, this is the best, I think the best pop in the history of pro wrestling. over there i am yeah what am i missing oh my god this is one of the great moments from the attitude era hold on wait till he talks you'll understand it oh your our audience is pissed at you right now. i am too Don't you remember they did the countdown clock for like three months every night on Raw and it would be like, oh, a debut in 21 days. Yeah, I, I never was a big fan of Chris Jericho. What? Nope. Why? I, I don't know. I just never, it never resided with me clearly. The World Wrestling Federation. He is a guy. So he's actually um, become more iconic with age. I've, uh, you know, I don't watch anymore, but I've heard he's gotten. Well, he's like the ringleader of that AEW now. Yeah. He was the first big guy to go over to that. And he's, he's at a rock band that produces like number one. He's the lead singer. He does these like huge cruises. Like he's got like a really like cult like following now. Hmm. But I remember when he started in WCW, he was like in the cruiserweight division. He was just hilarious. The it's just promo. I, I I go to guys who are great promo guys. Other than Bret Hart, you're gonna see with my list. Like I genu- the guys who are really good on the mic are the sure. ones who I gravitate with. I I think there's maybe Jericho's definitely top five on the mic of all time. All time. Hmm. God, how do you not like Jericho? I, you know, it um, losing respect for you here. Well, was there much to lose? No. <laughs> I'm going to have to maybe do a deep dive on this and maybe change my opinion. You have to, um, again, like I I think the, the, when we talked about the reality crossing over to the ring and stuff like Jericho's one of the, one of the top good look. That's for sure. He had really, he has a really good look. All right. Number uh, three for Scott. And I'm going to be unpopular here. Oh, I mean, 
one of the greatest entrants ever. No, no doubt about that. And when he had Paul Bearer, that ugly man. The Undertaker versus Kane program. That's what I thought you were going to say was the Kane. I thought you were going to pick Kane there. So I, my brain, and then you threw Jericho in there instead. But I thought, oh, yeah, the when this person showed up. Because that was it, the anticipation of, like, who's Undertaker's brother? Well, and then, like, the, the idea that Paul Bearer, like, I think the program said that he, like, lived with the two at the time because he worked at the... Because Undertaker's parents were like real Undertakers. I'm pretty sure the story that was. That is not true. Mark's. <laughs> what, what, what's Mark's last name? Mark. I, well, but Mark's I know it's are, not oh, true. Oh, oh, you're. Oh, you're, I see. I see. You're going with the character story. <laughs> no, this is what they told us. At okay, the time. Yes. That's how they sold it to us. Paul Bearer. That, I mean, really one of the most ugly human beings I've ever seen. He. Kay? And he had that just floppy turkey neck that he really played into. You got to give him credit for it. But Undertaker, longevity for sure. See, like, here's the point, like, phenomenal. Like, great, one of the greatest of all time. This is our favorite five of all time, not the greatest of all time, right? Like, Ric Flair would be on our list if it was the greatest of all time. I, I don't could know, never. I, I would. I would disagree. I, I always like tend to go to guys I can relate to. Okay. Like I just can't relate to a guy coming out of a coffin. The character <laughs> never resonated with me. <laughs> Same with Mick Foley. Like the mankind thing was great, but I could never. I was never like, yeah, I'd like to grow up and have a beer with that guy. No. You wouldn't want to have a drink with Mick Foley. I would now, but when I was 15, he yeah, didn't mankind seem very was cool a, to no, me. Mankind was very strange. But yeah, Taker, and you just, how he got better and better. Yeah. He's just so, and oh, man, I, when, when you'd hear that bell toll, the, the, the he, feeling you got then was just unlike anything else. Like at WrestleMania, it would take Undertaker like 15 minutes to walk to the ring. But some of those coffin matches, uh, just buried alive. Do you remember the old um, corporate ministry of darkness with Vince McMahon? Yes. And the Undertaker, and the Undertaker had all of his like ghouls and stuff like that, like the the sidekicks. He had so many different phases, and then as we talked about that, the Kane storyline was really. I mean, that was that was well done. Do you remember when? I want to play this. I had totally forgotten about this, but you just said he had all these different phases. Um, do you remember when he like turned into a biker? Yes. Yeah, and he wore just the, like the do rag. I think he was like a. It was like Kid Rock. Yeah, he'd like come out to Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and stuff. Yeah, not now my favorite phase. Can he be on a bike all the time? He, which, you know, he could just probably just got enough power at some point. He's like, I really like riding a motorcycle. I'd like to put that as part of my character now. Well, I mean, if you're The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, in your whole career, you've been garbed up in, like, a, as a literal dead man is what they tried to present you as. I feel like at some point you're watching all these guys running around doing the suck it sign. You got Stone Cold and The Rock. 
getting all these late night TV deals, and you're 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 a dead man. I feel like he was probably like, yeah, I'd like to get in on this a little bit, this reality TV aspect of WWF. Right? That yeah, makes I, sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just you, you never want to get pigeonholed too much as a character, and he certainly did, but and maximized that. But he was able to stretch his wings a little bit. So I, I feel like my number three, you're probably not going to relate to a lot because he's more um, in the last 20 years. CM Punk. Are you familiar a lot with I, CM Punk? I know he made the um, switch to MMA. That did not go well. No. Or UFC, yeah, it didn't go well. CM Punk is perhaps the only pro wrestler of my lifetime where I like legitimately liked the guy. So then I followed the character. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like you, you like an actor, you like Tom Hanks, so you go to his movies. Yeah, that, that's a very fair, fair... I think CM Punk is the best Mike guy right there with The Rock in the history of pro wrestling. The best example, the infamous pipe bomb that was laid down on June 27th, 2011. John Cena speared. John Cena, while you, you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE championship. And at this point, all of us as fans, we didn't know if this was real or fake because there was this whole contractual dispute going on between CM Punk and the WWF for a little bit of a context. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am. And that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. And all of us fans are You're like, as yeah! as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I'm going to fast forward to the end of this. Okay. And this is when, like, nobody at the time were like, is this real? 
I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th. And hell, who knows? Maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Cole Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still going to pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's going to keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. But the fact is, it's, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Can we do this whole bully camp? And they cut his mic. So you can imagine we're all watching this. Is this real? And that's why I was always so attracted to CM Punk, because even to this day, like he just did this deal that was super controversial with AEW, where he, after a pay-per-view, like went on. They have like press conferences that are that are real. Like the guys go out there and they're not really in character. Okay. And all he did was just shit all over all these guys in the company. And you're you're constantly wondering with him. So what is the way we just played? Is was it real? I think it was real to a point. I think we've learned that he had permission. And then he went a little bit too far. And he just he just kept because you heard it. I mean, we cut out about uh, half of it there, okay. and it kept building up and building up and building up to now you're insulting the COO. You're you know you're you're doing all this, and then and I I don't know who pulled the plug. Probably Vince McMahon back there in gorilla position says we need to cut this. But that's why I was so attracted to Punk. Okay, well you kind of sold me. I, I that definitely happened in the time after my uh, view my habitual viewing had stopped. So I was never familiar with him, much more familiar with his uh, MMA career. Why do you keep bringing that up? Why you got to be a... I'm just telling you, that's my, that's my, uh, you know... He had a rough go. It's a very difficult sport. Well, Andy, he tried to start a UFC career when he was in his like mid-30s. Yeah, you that's very difficult that. to do. You have to start that when you're like 12. Y yes. And in some sort of fight training. I, I Those still, guys are they're nuts. I, I really uh, think that the state of Iowa should be producing a lot more UFC stars because of our wrestling foundation here. So we can share that for but another problem, podcast. But the problem is the uh, the UFC doesn't want wrestlers because they're boring. Yeah, but if you teach a wrestler to strike, uh, yeah, yeah, like I know. But the Justin Gaethje or I mean Bo Nickel right now looks great. You just if you like, have that wrestling foundation, man, you you should you could be a world champion. Feels like those guys are always getting held back by UFC, but that's just me, and okay. I, I'm, I'm I'm defending them. That's fair. That's fair. I just like would like to see Iowans dominate in the UFC. I would too. Now your your number two was the guy. Like it's just stupid because he is one of my top five favorites, but I didn't put him on there because I felt like I remember my grandpa. Uh, shortly before he passed, we would he would take me on my paper route 
he would all, I was very spoiled. He would drive me on my paper route, get it done in half the time. It was phenomenal. I had a paper route too. And that only happened when it was like yeah. minus 30. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't degrees. every day, but it was, you're, it, you're spoiled. Yeah. And we would listen to George Strait, which we've done the George Strait podcast. Yeah. And grandpa would always, I think I've told you this. You're either a George Strait guy or a Garth Brooks guy. Mm-hmm. You can't be both. And I always felt like you could either be the rock or stone cold. You got to pick one. So I, I chose the rock. I'll, we'll just jump to my number two in, in, as we lead up to this. And again, my theme of talk. The rock understands what took place. The night you won King of the Ring, you got down on your knees, put your little hands together, and you said a prayer, and it sounded like this. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy. And I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. The greatest promo giver of all time. Yes, he is. He, so many good catchphrases. And it was always so original. Like, he never went out there and been like, you know, the classic, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, it was, it, no, he always had like some sort of creative angle to it that would push a limit. So I went with The Rock. I, I think that's fair. It, it, that's one of those guys that it is. It's hard not to have him on your list because he's just so impactful. And he's, what, the most successful wrestler outside of wrestling ever. The program that he came back and did with John Cena was one of the greatest of all time, too. It won't get as much play because a lot of us had kids at that point and we were older and we weren't watching it day to day. But they did it over the course of like three years with those WrestleManias. And the promos that those two did back and forth at one another were... Because again, like they don't, if you know that they're not friends in real life, like there's always been animosity between the rock and John Cena. So like you're watching it and you're like, man, this just feels a little more real than what you normally see on Monday night. Raw rock, bring you back to one of my favorite wrestlers with uh, Nick Foley that I think it was WrestleMania where the rock just smokes Nick in the head with the steel chair like 12 times. <laughs> I mean, and he's, he is going all out and the, they had talked before the match and rocks like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this to you. And he's like, no, just, you got Mick Foley. Yeah. Just like you got it. You got to really hit me. And then Mick yeah. Foley tells him, tells the story that on that first swing, Oh, the rock really hit him. Rock and sock connection, man. Boom. Mr. Socko. Here's one more. This is from the rock and John Cena's program. Let me get this straight. The WWE has gone from the powerful Austin 316 to the dominant and iconic. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? All the way to you can't see me 
can't see me. What are you playing? Peekaboo? You can't see me. I can see you. You can't. Can you see me? Oh, believe me. We all can see you. We all can see you. A blindfolded sleeping, stuck in the basement Stevie Wonder can see your monkey ass. How the hell you think we can miss? You come out here with your bright ass purple shirt. And before that, your bright green shirt. Before that, your bright orange shirt. You're running around here looking like a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. And then the crowd went to chant fruity pebbles at John Cena for like the next <laughs> calendar year. Yeah, his, uh, you can hear there's a reverence in his voice too. Like he gets it. And it's uh, very entertaining. So you have Stone Cold Steve Austin at number two on your list. Yeah. And what, I mean, I think Austin in this moment right here, 1996, King of the Ring, in my opinion, this was when the Attitude Era began. King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Great line. Isn't that the start of the Attitude Era? I think so. I mean, the the very, very start of it? I think so. It would be interesting to see what the other options are, but Steve Austin, just what an entrance. You hear that breaking glass. And talk about guys you could relate to. Of course, I didn't really know anybody back in Carroll County that was eyes of of Steve Austin. <laughs> but I knew people that drank beer like Steve Austin. Well, and yeah, he you talk about relatable. Yeah, it, I'm in Page County, you're in Carroll County. We didn't have anybody like The Rock, but if you went to a freaking high school football game, you saw a couple guys who dressed like Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh my goodness. He just and a good wrestler. You know, he, he, again, a guy who knew how to tell a story in the ring. And uh, a great finisher, great finishing move. Just, God, he, he was so good. So good. And those, but those knees, man. Yeah, those knees hold go up. out on you. They couldn't hold up. No. What's your favorite? Was it the driving the beer truck to the ring? <laughs> that was great. Going to the hospital to see Vince McMahon and hitting him in the head with the bedpan. Just trying to think of some of those. Yeah. I liked his uh, the deal with Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 1998, and Mike Tyson. Oh, wow. The Mike Tyson. Yes. Pro, where boy. he was like the enforcer. I, you know, I don't know if I have any one specific moment. It's just that that image of him clanking the beers together yeah. on the turnbuckle and just pouring it into his face. And uh, and then recently, I you know see the clip that Pat McAfee gets the opportunity to drink beer in the ring with Sean, with uh, Steve Austin. Oh, oh yeah, so jealous. Oh, that would yeah. be what a, what a fun time that would be. 
went on to have a good, nice little career afterwards too. He's doing yeah, like and good shows. interviewer. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does the podcast. Right? Yeah. Oh, they all the broken all, skulls. All these guys do do podcasts. Who doesn't do a podcast, Chris? Yeah, listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're number one. Actually, kind of surprised me. It, this has to just go back to when you were a little kid. Yes, certainly. I mean, and and I would also, if I were making a list of the greatest wrestlers of all time, I know technically this person is not up there, but for all of the reasons that you can imagine, Hulk Hogan is my number one. Yeah, so you started before me. Uh, I was never really a... I became a Hulk Hogan fan when the NWO happened. It was kind of my thing. Oh, this right here. I mean, whenever this would play, as and I was a little kid there, and my parents splurged and got the, the satellite dish for the pay-per-view. Did you have the... Um, those like dolls you could put in your bed that yep. you wrestled with with yep. Macho. I had Macho, Hogan. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, yep. and Hogan. And I think I had the kid. Oh, okay. One, two, three, One, kid. Two, three, kid. <laughs> I, I just, as a kid, you just loved Hogan. And so he's probably the greatest baby face of all time. I mean, I, Which I, just made the NWO so great. And and that's the thing is like you yeah. could argue he has the greatest heel turn of all time. No doubt. And he might be the greatest heel of all time as well because of where he came from as the best baby face ever. And th- to have that on your resume. And again, I know that his technical wrestling is not amazing. It was essentially the same match every time. But Hogan... I think he took wrestling to the next level and is the most influential wrestler there is. And in my opinion, he's my favorite, but also the best, the, the greatest of all time. I don't think there's any question that there's not, that this is the most important moment in the history of professional wrestling right here. Hulk Hogan's here. Bash at the beach, Hogan is in the building. 1996. Outsiders had just shown up, and we're waiting on the third man. What are you talking about? Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived! What is he doing? Oh, my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW! Shut up! If you want to hear what I gotta say, we're just like, oh my god! Oh, Hulk What's Hogan happening? just told me to shut up. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. People are throwing stuff into the room. Oh, the ring's just filled with trash. In the world, have had just about enough. He's flexing, checking out his muscles. And you want to put yourself in this group? You've got to be kidding me well the first thing you gotta realize brother is this right here is the future of wrestling you can call this the new world order of wrestling brother changed everything it did changed everything it made me a wrestling fan that moment right there it it injected so i mean just from being a kid in grade school at that time 
the the shock wave that went through the school, all of us little kids, when NWO showed up, it was it really was one of those formidable moments of your childhood that stays with you forever. You couldn't believe, and I know, again, we probably should have seen it coming, but as a kid, you couldn't believe Hulk Hogan was a bad guy? Mm. Hulk Hogan? And there he comes out, he's, you know, and then he gets it all black, wearing all black and white, and get really gets that beard on the side, <laughs> dyed black. Okay, and, and this is where my number one is, and it is Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Really? Yeah, and he always has been. And we'll do a little... Um, do you remember when NWO had come out to the ring? He's done nothing wrong yet. Right before. What are you saying? And Hall would always be the head man with the mic. Don't look at me like that. I don't know how you've done it all these years, Tony. Let's get it out of the way right now. It's survey time. So, uh, Cedar Rapids. Oh, he's an island. Are you here to see WCW? Is everybody in Cedar Rapids here to see the survey says one more for the good guy. So he was the first guy that I remember as Razor Ramon. Like I remember this promo where this woman comes up to him and he's sitting there drinking like some tequila or something. And she's like, Razor, you never called me back. And he basically was like, I'm never going to call you back. I'm just using you for sex is basically what he's <laughs> insinuating. He was the first guy that I remember that kind of made like this character seem like a real person, right? Like where it... Because in the past they had had such like it was like Hogan versus the Iron Sheik and like yeah. the Undertaker and all this stuff and it was like oh, this Razor Ramon guy feels he's he's just kind of a badass and then he goes to WCW they start he was the first guy to show up mm -hmm. if you remember he's like sitting in the stands and, and he was I, I believe with WWF the night before like in a pay per view or something like we were all just like whoa. Are they in, are the WWF guys like invading this, this thing? Like nobody knew what was going on. And he just like, to me, he started all that, like him and, and Kevin Nash, I would say right there with him, with, with Diesel and that short lived run and, and WWF really the whole click, right? Like Shawn Michaels. And I, I would say that triple H would be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I, I, but Hall's the front man to me on who kind of changed the way like characters were built in pro wrestling. Yeah. I remember as Razor Ramon and the toothpicks and the greasy hair, 
And I, my favorite finishing move was the razor's edge. Oh, it's so cool. I, I mean, we, yeah. we, you know, as kids, we used to perform that on each other. You know, you like throw each other into your, <sighs> the into the beds or the trampolines. And, How dangerous was oh, that? Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, you're, cause we weren't strong enough to get each other up on the shoulder. So someone would have to like stand on the dresser or the counter or something. And then you get them up there and you'd throw them down. Oh my <laughs> God. We were idiots. <laughs> uh, we, we would actually like when my parents were not home, we would pull the mattresses off of my bed, my brother's bed, or my parents' bed, m- put it in the living room. We'd drag them in there. And then we'd like walk up the banister and we'd be standing next to the ceiling, like by the stairs. And we'd jump off and do flying elbows and frog splash. What, yeah, whatever we could do. I don't think we did that. That wouldn't seem like that would hurt. <laughs> but the things that we would do because of professional wrestling, because that's what we wanted. We just, and again, we, we were didn't all know. obsessed with it. Absolutely. It was, it's such a great soap opera for kids because you believe it. You really believe it. The same way that you believe a movie's real or Harry Potter's real. I, I miss being a kid. Scott Hall, number one. And it's that's, not just because he died. It's, he would have been mine for forever. Yeah, he had a what? real tough and one of the great uh, moments of my career, Ross and I got to have Kevin Nash on the show a couple of years ago, and it was amazing because him and Scott Hall were coming to Des Moines for an autograph thing. And oh my God, Kevin Nash was one of the best interviews we ever did. I've seen a lot of interviews. I, I, I'll have to check out yours, although I don't know. You probably never put it up on YouTube or nothing. No, but. it wasn't on YouTube, but it was just... Because he's such an honest guy. He's like one of these guys. He will just tell you. He was telling us the story of the... Remember when the NWO had their own pay-per-view? They only did it one time. And like they they completely had gotten rid of all the WCW signage and branding. And it was just an NWO pay-per-view. And it was in Cedar Rapids. And he was telling us stories of like picking women up off the streets in Cedar Rapids and bringing them out there to be like the NWO's like showgirls for the night and stuff like that. Wow. Cause he thought it was great that we were in Iowa. He's like, Oh, let me tell you something about Iowa. <laughs> These Cedar Rapids girls. <laughs> uh, well, they probably won't do that at Monday night raw on December the 19th. No, I don't think so. But those are fun um, when Seth Rollins, as I said, is going to be there. Like, have you been to one where he's been around? I haven't, no, but I know he, he leans into it. Oh, he plays into it big time. He, he plays into the Iowan thing. And he's been a real, I mean, he's, what a successful career he's, oh, he's had. Been My great. goodness. Yeah, he's been great. He was the first guy to kind of break away from the shield back when, uh, when him and Dean Ambrose and... Roman Reigns were doing that, and he's he's had an awesome career. But December the 19th, 6.30 start time. Tickets start at $20 at Wells Fargo Arena here in Des Moines. Go to hyvtix.com. Uh, ticket prices start at 20 and uh, go all the way up from there. But it's a blast with the kids. It and is fun. I'll be there with my 7-year-old in, in some capacity. That it, It'll be a fun night. I, you know, even maybe I'd take a date to... To Raw. I think that's a good idea. Are you past the point? I feel like all of us had a point in our lives where we would just go and cheer for the bad guys. Are you past that point now? What I do, the last time I was there, what I do is I 
whoever I'm surrounded by, whoever they're rooting for, I root against. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the last time I was there, there were <laughs> people who were never seen a showed up. They, it was this family of they all were pretty good. portly people where, you know, the mom was sitting down and you could see her butt crack. And she was probably really into it. Yep. Her mom, dad, and three little kids. And every time it would be like John Cena and they'd socks. They would, all of them, all five of them would be yelling sucks. So then I decided I would become a John Cena, You're a Cena fan. guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never seen John Cena wrestle. That's, that's how little I've, other than in person. And I, well, maybe I, I watched uh, WrestleMania a couple years back. Uh, and it happened to be the same time. Like I didn't miss anything out of 20 years. Like some of the NWO guys showed up that year. So it was like, I didn't miss anything, just picked back up. But it, it's a, uh, it's always a fun time, especially in person. You just got to buy in. If you go, yeah, you can't yeah. sit back and like, Oh, this is this so yeah. No, you just got to buy in yeah. and just pick somebody to cheer for yeah. and cheer and, and boo somebody and just really get into it. Yeah. You're playing a character. They're playing a character. Yeah. Enjoy and the, the crowd's a huge part of those events. It is one of those things when I, I, I if I would have gone on to like get my doctorate in, in theater, one of the things I wanted to really study was how can we take the lessons from professional wrestling and bring them to theatrical productions on stage to, to try and make it more interactive because people, even though, you know, it's scripted, you're, you're so invested in it that you really, you, you get some skin in the game and how could you do that with uh, theatrical production? Now I never actually went ahead with that and maybe it was a fool's errand, but I think professional wrestling can teach a, a lot about how to be entertaining. That's really interesting. Might be the most interesting thing you've ever said, Sipker. <laughs> well, what can I say? Just comes out of me. Thanks for joining me. Next time, let's do three full hours on Doink the Clown. It'll be, uh, give us some feedback. What top fives do you want us to do? Because we're going to do a bunch of these with our friends from the Iowa Event Center. They have a great lineup coming up this fall. We'll tell you more about it. Well, it is, we're already in the fall, I guess, but we are. Concert season's coming up. Yeah, it was just at uh, Bill Burr at the Iowa Event How Center. How was that? Was it awesome? Good. Yeah. I love really Bill good. Burr. Really funny. Hey, I love him because he'll tell you things that you you aren't going to hear because we all live in our own echo chambers. And so there's so many people there of different walks of life that really the only person that delivers messages like that to those people, and to me in, included, is Bill Burr. Smart guy. Have a great week, everybody.